0: Lynn Hiles Ministries presents, That You Might Have Life. He said He didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might have life. So, Jesus came that we might have life. The Bible said in Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The more light you have, the more life you're going to have. So you can have peace. Was That's why it's called the Gospel of Peace. He took your punishment so you could get His peace. He took what you had coming so you could get what He has coming.
1: All around the country and around the world, people just like you are awakening to the good news of Jesus Christ.
0: What God wanted to do was release the kingdom of God in your life until the joy and the peace and the righteousness of the Holy Ghost would so fill your life. I don't want to just make heaven my home. I want to make my home like heaven. And now, here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. WELCOME TO THE PROGRAM AGAIN TODAY. I TRUST THAT YOU'VE BEEN BLESSED BY uh, THE SERIES THAT WE'VE BEEN SHARING FOR THE LAST TWO WEEKS I'VE HAD ON THE PROGRAM. uh, MY OLDEST SON, JEREMY, uh, WHO PASTORS A GREAT CHURCH IN NORTHERN VIRGINIA, LITERALLY uh, IN WINCHESTER, VIRGINIA. IF YOU ARE ANYWHERE WITHIN DRIVING DISTANCE OF WINCHESTER, VIRGINIA, Uh, you owe it to yourself to go by their church and uh, they actually meet on Monday nights. A lot of people are like, well, I have church on Sunday or whatever, uh, but uh, they actually meet on Monday nights and so far that's been working for them. They've planted a church in Winchester, Virginia where my youngest son leads the worship for him and I really encourage you to go on their website, get some information, go listen to him teach. He's been teaching for the last several weeks on the book of Revelation and that for me has been absolutely a uh, a lifelong thing for me. We did a SERIES THAT IS AVAILABLE TO YOU uh, THAT ME AND ANOTHER GUY BY THE NAME OF GARY GARNER DID uh, IN 1998 ON THE BOOK OF REVELATION THAT IS STILL TO THIS DAY OUR NUMBER ONE REQUESTED SET OF material. ALSO WROTE A BOOK CALLED THE REVELATION OF JESUS CHRIST. SO YOU CAN GET THAT FROM OUR WEBSITE. BUT WE'RE GOING TO CONTINUE TO HAVE THIS CONVERSATION ABOUT THE BOOK OF REVELATION AND THE REASON IT'S SO EXCITING TO ME, AND I I GET EXCITED ABOUT THIS STUFF. Mm -hmm is that we've finally, I believe, laid enough groundwork to kind of get here to unfold some stuff. And I believe that these are kind of pieces that people are looking for. And really, you know, Jeremy, one of the things that our attitude in this is, we're not trying to fight anybody else's view. Mm -mm. You know, all we could do is tell you what we think God said to us, and then, you know, you got the... Prerogative to eat the grapes and spit out the seeds because I listen. I've you know I've read people's stuff and I like I like this and I agree with that, but I don't agree with that. But I don't mean we got to be enemies. We just you know simply say, hey, this is another way to look at it, possibly. And I I especially think it becomes much more peaceful and not a fight. Everybody wants to fight about some things, but uh, when it becomes much more less of a fight, well, we start to realize that this book is a revelation of Jesus, Mm -hmm. not just in time events. And there are some things that are involving. End times here, and, and our, our view may be a little different to what the end times are, but nevertheless, the primary focus is not the eschatological or the uh, end time stuff. The real emphasis that we put on it most of the time is this is a revelation of Jesus yeah. Christ, and a revelation of Jesus to you yep. will produce a revelation of Jesus. THROUGH YOU. Yeah. ONE OF THE POWERFUL THINGS, AND WE HAVEN'T EVEN, we've, WE'VE SHOT TWO PROGRAMS, WE HAVEN'T EVEN GOT OUT OF THE FIRST <laughs> CHAPTER, WHICH IS WONDERFUL, BECAUSE WE'RE GOING TO DEAL WITH SOME OF THIS. WE'VE GOT PLENTY OF TIME. IT'S OUR PROGRAM. WE CAN TALK ABOUT IT AS MUCH AS WE WANT. Yeah. BUT ONE OF THE THINGS THAT I you know we, WE'VE BEEN SAYING ABOUT IT, NUMBER ONE IS THIS IS NOT JUST A REVELATION OF EVENTS. IT'S A REVELATION OF JESUS. Yeah. THAT'S THE PRIMARY FOCUS. And EVERY BOOK OF THE BIBLE, IT'S A REVELATION OF JESUS. Yeah. YOU KNOW, WHEN I FIRST STARTED TEACHING THIS, uh, you know, the Lord just began to say some things to me, and I, and when I first started teaching, I was so almost even because I'd been taught so much fear about this book. Even uh, you know, especially the latter part of it. If you take anything from the words of this prophecy of this book, your name's going to be taken out of the book of life. And if you add anything to this book, it's going to add to you the plagues of the book. Mm-hmm. And my first response is, then who in the world would want to teach from this book? <laughs> because it ain't worth the risk. Yeah. BUT when I REALLY BEGIN TO REALIZE THAT WHAT THAT'S TALKING ABOUT IS THAT ANYTHING THAT WE TAKE AWAY FROM THE REVELATION OF JESUS, IT TAKES SOMETHING FROM SOMETHING TO WORK IN OUR LIVES. IN OTHER WORDS, WHEN THEY CAME UP OUT OF EGYPT, GOD SAID, DON'T EAT THE LAMB sodden WITH WATER. Okay. SO WHEN YOU WATER DOWN THE LAMB OR YOU WATER DOWN THE REDEMPTIVE WORK OF JESUS OR YOU DON'T PREACH, IN OTHER WORDS, IF YOU TELL PEOPLE GOD DOESN'T HEAL, IT TAKES AWAY FROM THEM THE LIFE THAT'S IN THIS BOOK. IN OTHER WORDS, YOU ARE OMITTING SOMETHING THAT BELONGS TO THE BELIEVERS. Yeah. AND IF YOU ADD SOMETHING TO IT, IF YOU DON'T PREACH THE REVELATION OF JESUS, FOR INSTANCE, IF YOU DON'T PREACH THAT THE BLOOD, uh, to, to PUT THE BLOOD ON THE DOORPOST OF YOUR HOUSE, yeah. AND WHEN THE DEATH ANGEL COMES, HE WILL LOOK AT THAT BLOOD AND SAY, NOT JUST THAT THIS HOUSE ESCAPES. HE'LL SAY THERE'S already BEEN A DEATH EXACTED HERE. THE DEATH OF THAT LAMB WAS THE DEATH OF THE FIRSTBORN. IF YOU DON'T UNDERSTAND THAT, IT ADDS TO YOU THE place OF THE BOOK. IN OTHER WORDS, YOU UNDERSTAND WHAT I'M SAYING? Yeah, yeah. IS THAT he, he, the, the, THE REVELATION OF JESUS AND THE REVELATION OF HIS FINISHED WORK AND THE REVELATION OF REDEMPTION IS SO VITALLY IMPORTANT BECAUSE THE REVELATION OF IT IS WHAT FREES US. AND I BELIEVE THAT REALLY THIS BOOK OF REVELATION IS TO THE BELIEVER, NOT A REVELATION OF WHAT'S COMING OR THE COMING CATASTROPHES but a revelation of what you've been redeemed from. Because if you read the rest of this book, a lot of these vows that are poured out, these judgments that are found, you know, they are not, uh, I mean, they they certainly did come upon apostate Israel. I believe in 70 AD, historically were fulfilled. But to the believer that heard the words of Jesus, that when you see Jerusalem encompassed with armies, you better get out of uh, Jerusalem. Yep. Uh, none of those plagues came upon them. So they really received the redemption from this. But, but even more than that, it's about redemption. Yep. And uh, you know, and, and again, this 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 uh, first chapter, you know, gives a multifaceted revelation of Jesus. When John, in verse number thirteen, says, "And uh, well, I'll say verse twelve of, of chapter one SAYS, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks, and in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, girt about the patch with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool.'" And white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire, his feet like a defined brass, as if they burned in A furnace, and his voice was the sound of many waters. He had his right hand, seven stars, and out of his mouth with a sharp two-edged sword, and his uh, countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I'm he that lives and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I've got the keys. OF HELL AND OF DEATH, WRITE THE THINGS WHICH THOU HAST SEEN, AND THE THINGS WHICH ARE AND THE THINGS WHICH SHALL BE HERE AFTER. SO HE'S de- TELLING YOU SEVERAL THINGS. FIRST OF ALL, WRITE THE THINGS WHICH ARE, uh-huh. uh, well, well, WRITE THE THINGS THAT YOU'VE SEEN, WRITE THE THINGS WHICH ARE AND THE THINGS THAT ARE GOING TO BE. SO IT IS AGAIN, WAS, IS, IS TO COME. SO THIS IS AN UNFOLDING REVELATION, yeah. AN UNFOLDING BOOK. And he says, uh, uh, Write the things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars, which you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels, literally, the pastors. Yeah. Of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks, which you saw, are the seven churches. So, if he's the one, and this is the revelation of Jesus yeah. Christ, and it's a revelation of Jesus Christ, and when John turns to see this revelation, he doesn't see, he sees this multifaceted picture, multidimensional revelation of Jesus, and where he sees him at is in the candlestick. Well, we probably could take a couple times even just to deal with this candlestick. But when he sees him in the candlestick he tells you here's the mystery of the candlestick. the seven golden candlesticks are the seven churches. Say it another way. This is a revelation of Jesus walking in the midst of his church yep because if it's not a revelation of Jesus to you, it'll never be a revelation of Jesus through you. So when it gets a revelation of Jesus to you, it's going to manifest through the church. Yeah. It's going to manifest through these pastors of these seven churches that are making a transition, and they are repenting, they are metanoia, they are changing their mindset, and they are transformed. It is great to have you on. I know I keep giving these long introductions, but it's great to have you on. And uh, I know it's when I seven or eight minutes, and I know you're ready to go too. So it's great to have you on the program.
1: I figure it's just like church; just tell you to take your time. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, I was thinking too while you were saying when you were just kind of talking that uh, you know Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, it will come and testify of me. It won't boast of itself. It won't boast of another. It will testify of me. And John said, when he wrote this, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day when I heard this voice. In other words, he was in a place where he could hear something boast of Jesus. So everything about this book, everything we're going to read from it is going to boast about Jesus, going to testify about Jesus and what he did. I I, I, I say this all the time, and I, I think that one of the greatest uh, I, I think one of the most, de- let me say, I believe one of the most detrimental things the church can ever do is take away anything from the personal work of Jesus Christ and what He did in His deathbed. Absolutely tragic if they do. If we don't, if, if that's not our main focus, then our, then our vision is yep. askewed and our, our, our focus is wrong. Uh, you know, I believe sometimes we get so caught up in what's happening in the world we get a world view or we get an earth we get like the woman bound uh, to the earth mm-hmm. you know she's she's got a stooped back that's bound to the earth and she can't lift herself up to look at something different. And what happens is when you when you have a vision that's always on the earth, the the, the world around you, how bad everything is, you can't see the end of what's been abolished. you can't you can't lift up your eyes and see what Jesus has already done. To redeem us from that, uh, we talked a little bit last time about whatever you put your focus on is what you're going to be. Uh, yep. That's what you're going to be transformed into. Yep. If your focus is always on sin and how bad the world is, you're going to be transformed into sin and how bad the world yep. is. Uh, IF YOUR FOCUS IS UPON JESUS, THEN YOU'RE GOING TO, ALL OF A SUDDEN, YOUR WORLD VIEW IS GOING TO BE, HEY, IT'S ALTOGETHER LOVELY. IT'S ALL, YOU KNOW, that THE WORLD IS THE LORD'S AND THE FULLNESS thereof, THE WORLD AND ALL THEY THAT DWELL IN IT. YOU yep. START, ALL OF A SUDDEN, YOUR PERSPECTIVE BEGINS TO CHANGE FROM THOUGHTS OF DEATH TO THOUGHTS exactly. OF LIFE. Uh, YOU KNOW, EVERYTHING CHANGES. THE MOMENT YOU CHANGE YOUR FOCUS FROM uh, a, a WORLD VIEW TO A, OR AN EARTHLY VIEW, to a heavenly view or to a Christ view, and so if our focus is not upon Jesus, if there's not a Holy Spirit in us that's able to teach and boast of Him, then uh, uh, then something has something is completely wrong, mm-hmm. and we have to again repent. And I think that even when He writes to these seven churches, and He begins to start out with Ephesus, and He starts you know, and He writes these things, He begins to, He he he, he encourages them at first. First off, He says, you know, I'm I'll give you a revelation of who I am. You know, rather it's uh, the one standing in the midst of the candlestick or the one with the two-edged sword in his hand or if he's the first and the last. He gives them a revelation of him because he's wanting to change their focus from... What they are around, because he said, you know, I know that you know some of them. He'll tell them, you know, I know that you're 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 there where Satan has a synagogue. You're you know you're there where you know you're those that say they are Jews and are not. You've tested those that say they are apostles and are not. You know they 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 they, they got to focus on some other things. But what he's trying to do is get them to focus away from what is askew to. A REVELATION OF WHO HE IS BECAUSE IT'S GOING TO CHANGE THEIR WORLD VIEW OF SOMETHING. IT'S GOING TO CHANGE HOW THEY SEE THINGS. IN OTHER WORDS, IF YOU BEGIN TO PUT YOUR FOCUS COMPLETELY ON CHRIST, RATHER THAN ON uh, THIS WOMAN, JEZEBEL, YOU KNOW, OR THIS OR THAT OR WHATEVER THE PROBLEM IS AROUND YOU, CHANGE IT FROM THE PROBLEM TO THE SOLUTION. YEAH, YEAH. Uh, YOU KNOW, I, I BELIEVE THAT THE REASON WHY HE DOES THAT IS THE SAME re- YOU KNOW, he's IT SHOULD PUT THEM IN REMEMBRANCE OF WHAT HAPPENED in the first exodus. Yeah. When they're in the wilderness and snakes came amongst them and he said, "You know what? Focus on the serpent on the pole, AND not the fir- the serpents on the ground." Yeah. So he tells them, "Look, I am I'm the one that's got the two-edged sword. I'm the one. In other words, change it. Change your focus. Don't look at the snakes around." Yeah. Put, SEE WHAT'S ALREADY BEEN ACCOMPLISHED BY WHAT I'VE DONE. CHANGE IT.
0: CHANGE YOUR MIND. Yeah, and, AND YOU KNOW EVEN THAT, YOU KNOW, I'LL JUMP, jump IN HERE AGAIN. Sure. BUT YOU KNOW, WHEN HE GIVES THAT REVELATION OF, uh, YOU KNOW, I SAW A SHARP TWO-EDGED SWORD GOING mm-hmm. OUT OF HIS MOUTH. YOU KNOW, ANYBODY WITH ANY KIND OF SPIRITUAL SENSE AT ALL KNOWS THAT THAT'S NOT JESUS WALKING AROUND with a, LIKE A SWORD <laughs> they, they ANYBODY WITH ANY SENSE HAS TO KNOW THAT he's, THAT'S A SYMBOL. YEAH. AND SO when you, WHERE ELSE DO YOU SEE that, THAT TWO-EDGED SWORD? WELL, IT'S IN HEBREWS 4. YEAH. AND WHAT IT'S TALKING ABOUT THERE IS, YOU KNOW, the, THE the WORD THAT IS QUICK, LIFE-GIVING AND POWERFUL AND SHARP IS THE CONTEXT OF THAT IS IT'S THE WORD THAT FLOWS FROM REST. Yep. SO WHAT WORD HE'S RELEASING OUT OF HIS MOUTH, SO HE'S SAYING TO THEM, YOU KNOW, AT LEAST IN THIS ASPECT, and HE WILL REVEAL HIMSELF TO ONE OF THESE SEVEN CHURCHES AS THE ONE WHO HAS THE TWO-EDGED SWORD IN HIS MOUTH. Yep. AND WHAT WILL FLOW FROM THAT IS WHAT WILL REMEDY THE PROBLEM of that church again, because a revelation of Jesus to you yeah. produces a revelation of Jesus through you. So, this sharp two edged sword IS coming out of his mouth is not a, a sword throw, a swallower. Yeah. It's a word that's coming yeah. forth.
1: Yeah. And even you know, when we look at you know, he's, the, first, the first thing he does to reveal himself in chapter one is he says, you know, I'm I, the one that's standing in the midst of the golden candlestick. And like you said, there's so many ways you could teach the candlestick. But one of the, the predominant ways to look at it as, is as the picture of the Word of God. Yeah. Uh, that His Word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. It's a picture of the Word of God. And if He's standing in the midst of the golden candlestick, or He's standing in the midst of the Word of God, what He's saying is, is that I am the central theme. Yeah, a little of the Bible.
0: One. You know, even let me sit, let me just tell that. Did you know that there are sixty six ornaments on that mm-hmm. candlestick, yep. and there are sixty six books in the Bible? Yep. Thy word, O God, is a lamp. You know, light unto my feet, a lamp into my path.
1: Yep, absolutely. And so when you begin to see it from that perspective, if if he is not, you know, they would. If in other words, if these candlesticks would be like there would be a central shaft, and there would be three um, branches, branches on, each on each side. If you took off one of the branches that candlestick would become lopsided it would yeah. fall over it wouldn't be it wouldn't stand upright right so and it's the same way if you look at it from the word of god if we take every other book of the bible and put the focus on jesus but this last book of the bible omit the focus of christ and look at something else this this word of god becomes lopsided and it's not able to stand upright yeah and so everything every book of the bible has to have a central focus yeah upon Christ. If it doesn't, then it becomes lopsided and it won't work in our lives.
0: And it also has no source of oil to flow, because the oil always flowed to the central shaft
1: Into the and out branches. to
0: the branches. And you know something else neat about it, because we just take time on this if right. we want to. But the neat thing about it is there are nine sets of ornaments on the right side. And there are nine sets on the on the other side. Yep. With four sets on the center, there was a napa bud and an almond, so that would be a set. A napa bud and almond that made sixty-six total. So mm-hmm. it was twenty, but there was twenty-two sets. Twenty-two is the number that means light. Yep. But if you take the central shaft out of the picture, or if you just let's say it like this: you got nine sets on the right side. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. Yep. And on the left there are nine branches. That's there's nine fruits of the Spirit. Yep. But see, if you have all gifts and no fruit, you're out of balance. Yep. And really, even if you have all fruits and no gifts, you're out of balance. Yep. So, it, you know, the, the you know, uh, with the central shaft, it ties it together because you need fruit and gifts. Yep. That's why Paul would say, if I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, and I don't have love. charity, love. See, that's a fruit. That's on this side yep. of the tr- and so you know what he's trying to show you is it's not either or it's got to be all of the above. Yeah. So I, you know it's not uh, it, but if I got love then this is going to flow from love. Yeah. But the divine source that fuels it all is the central shaft which is Christ. Yeah. He is the vine. We are the branches. We are the branches. And what's incredible about that, you know even I think about sometimes just little things like they keep that that candlestick came with a uh, you know a snuff dish and a set of tongs. Mm-hmm. AND INTERESTINGLY ENOUGH, THE TONGS WERE SHAPED LIKE A MAN'S HAND. THAT'S fivefold MINISTRY, APOSTLES, PROPHETS, EVANGELISTS, PASTORS, AND TEACHERS. AND THEY WOULD COME WITH THAT SET OF TONGS AND THEY WOULD CLIP OFF THE HARD CHARRED WICK BECAUSE a BRUISED REED AND A SMOKING FLAX HE WILL NOT QUENCH TO HIS sinful JUDGMENT TO VICTORY. Mm-hmm. SO THE FIVE-FOLD MINISTRY IS TO CUT THE, YOU KNOW, THE BURNT FLAX SO THAT THE LIGHT CAN SHINE PURELY. Yeah. And, I, AND SO THE SNUFF DISH WAS FOR ASHES. And I said, that is crazy. Why in the world, you know, it's got a snuff dish? I mm-hmm. said, Lord, why a snuff dish? He said, because I want you to put ashes in that. I said, well, why do you want to put ashes in it? He said, because if you'll bring me your ashes, I'll give you beauty for your ashes. Yep. And the oil of joy for gladness. Hallelujah. In the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. So everything about this candlestick again points to Christ and his work and the church. And so you know, I even think about well, if it's sixty-six books of the Bible and it's about speaking about the word, the candlestick is a symbol of thy word, O God, is a lamp unto my feet, light unto my path. How can it be a picture of the church too? But how it's a picture of the church is the word has to become flesh in us. Yep. And that's not just written yep. word, that's the word Christ himself becomes flesh in us. Well, Paul because said, we're in a city set on a hill and we're a light under we shouldn't be under candle I mean we shouldn't put our light our candlestick and put yep. it under a bushel. And Paul said, you know, you
1: are written epistles. Yeah, READ OF ALL MEN. IN OTHER WORDS THAT WE TAKE THIS WORD INTO OUR LIVES AND IT SHOULD MANIFEST THROUGH OUR LIVES. Uh, YOU KNOW, THE PROBLEM IS is IF WE DO NOT RECEIVE THE ENGRAFTED WORD OF GOD uh, WITH CHRIST BEING THE CENTER THEN IT WILL CAUSE ALL KINDS OF CONFUSION AND DESTRUCTION IN OUR LIVES. WHEN WE RECEIVE THE ENGRAFTED WORD OF GOD WITH CHRIST BEING THE CENTER THEN IT CAUSES LIFE AND NOT DEATH. YOU KNOW, WHENEVER HE WAS SAID, YOU KNOW, BECAUSE WE WERE SPEAKING ABOUT uh, him that had the two-edged sword that proceeded out of his mouth, and what we think is that the sword comes and it just it, it kills everything. But he's but uh, when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, you know, the word will right you will you you are a workman and need not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That when the word comes, it's quick and powerful, and it will rightly divide. It's not the sword is not necessarily there to kill; it's there to cut off anything yeah. that is not. Uh, beneficial to who you are in Christ. It's there to divide, you know, because we, we used to look at that scripture and he would say, uh, study to show thyself approved. And I would look at that scripture from a workspace If I had to study to get God's approval. Well, that wasn't, when the sword, when the sword was rightly yep. applied to my life, when, he, when God came with a two-edged sword into my life, he didn't kill me. WITH THAT SWORD. HE CUT OFF SOMETHING THAT WAS NOT BENEFICIAL TO ME SO THAT I COULD RIGHTLY DIVIDE THAT WORD OF TRUTH AND SEE IT'S NOT THAT I STUDY TO GET HIS APPROVAL. IT'S THAT I'M STUDYING TO SEE THAT I'M APPROVED. THAT I WAS, THAT JUST LIKE HE WAS MADE TO BE SIN, I'M MADE TO BE RIGHTEOUS. THAT'S RIGHTLY DIVIDING THE WORD OF TRUTH. I DIDN'T HAVE TO STUDY TO GET RIGHTEOUS. I was made righteous because He identified with my sin yep. and took my sin to a, de- to a to a burial place where it can never come back from. Mm-hmm. And what's living here is a brand new creation that com- was created in righteousness. Uh, you know, and even when we look at in you know, the scripture, we you know we talk about born being born again. Uh, you know, and and we look at those things, and we don't really th- we don't think about that term. It's just become a term that we hear so much in Christianity that we don't really think about. WHAT IT IS TO BE BORN AGAIN. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, WHEN A CHILD IS BORN, A CHILD DOES NOT COME OUT WITH ALL THE, uh, IT DOESN'T COME OUT KNOWING HOW TO DO EVERYTHING A GROWN ADULT KNOWS HOW TO DO. IT IS COMPLETELY AND UTTERLY DEPENDENT UPON ITS PARENTS, TO yep. TEACH THEM, yes, TO LEAD yeah. THEM, TO GUIDE THEM, AND IT'S GOING TO MAKE MISTAKES. YEAH. Uh, WHEN A CHILD IS FIRST BORN, AND I'M GETTING READY TO EXPERIENCE THIS BECAUSE I'VE GOT MY FIRST ONE ON THE WAY WITHIN THE NEXT COUPLE OF MONTHS. and SO I'M, I'm GETTING READY TO EXPERIENCE. IT MAY BE BORN this. EVEN WHEN THIS IS THERE, <laughs> <Yeah>. RIGHT? <laughs> SO I'M GETTING READY TO EXPERIENCE THIS FULLY. BUT WHEN A CHILD IS BORN, IT WILL, uh, IT WILL SOIL ITSELF IN ITS, in its DIAPER. YEAH. Uh, and I'm trying to use words that might would help everybody not to be offended, but it will soil itself. And a parent when that when that first that baby, the first time it soils itself, is not even offended. no nope. by what
0: just took place. Don't even expect less of
1: Don't it. expect less of it. Matter of fact, it's like it's almost an excitement because you know, Hey, this, everything's, everything's working, working correctly. Yeah. You're excited about it. Now, after a little while, the excitement of that goes <laughs> away. And then there gets to a point where the child gets to a certain age where you, uh, you, you begin to teach it a more excellent way. It was okay at one time, but now we're going to teach it a more excellent way. We're going to begin potty training because you've gotten to an age where I believe you can understand. Now, you can begin the potty training. Uh, you can begin the potty training. IT'S NOT GOING TO, THE MOMENT YOU TEACH IT HOW TO USE THAT POTTY, IT'S NOT ALL OF A SUDDEN NOW everything, IT KNOWS HOW TO USE THAT POTTY. Yeah. IT'S GOING TO USE THAT POTTY EVERY TIME. IT'S STILL GOING TO HAVE ACCIDENTS. Yeah. A GOOD PARENT IS NOT GOING, THE FIRST TIME THAT CHILD HAS AN ACCIDENT, IS NOT UPSET AT THAT CHILD HAVING AN ACCIDENT. IT UNDERSTANDS THAT THAT'S GOING TO HAPPEN. Yeah. WHEN WE LOOK AT BEING BORN AGAIN, IT'S THE SAME WAY WITH US BEING BORN INTO CHRIST. Yeah. WE DON'T COME OUT, WE COME OUT WITH ALL THE ABILITIES. To be perfect. The DNA is in us. The so DNA. It, yeah. We can be just like Christ. But there's still some training that has there's there's yeah. this constant coming to the word where at first we may uh, soil ourselves. And the first couple times we soil ourselves OR for the first little while, God's really not upset at that. Yeah, yeah. He, he expects it, a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah. And then at a time He begins to train us a more excellent way in which we begin to be potty trained or we begin you know even walking a baby doesn't come out being able to walk crawl talk it's trained to do these things and when it's when you take a baby that's learning how to walk it's going to fall the first couple times nobody's upset that the baby fell the baby's being we're excited that the baby gave it a try it's yep. the same way with Christ god expects sometimes for us to make some mistakes yeah it's not. It doesn't and pull us out of, of the nature. Us
0: down, he gets us back mm-hmm. up. And says, "Come on, come on, try to." Yeah, us, come, try and it again. doesn't you pull
1: know. us up out of his nature. It doesn't pull us up out of the family. No. It's expected. He begins no, to we're pour not, out. We're not matter of fact,
0: fact, we're not lost. We're still there. Yeah. Matter
1: of fact, he pours out because he gives grace to the humble. He gives more grace that where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. The times you made a mistake, God pours out Himself even more upon you because He's going to show you His identity even greater. That hey, yeah. this is the the ability that you have. Yeah. This is really who you are, and yeah, you may have fell. You, but I'm excited that you took a couple steps. I'm excited that you told me that maybe you needed to use the bathroom this time, and we could make it to the potty. I'm excited to look when you say, "Dad, look, I used the potty," and yeah. you want me to see it in there. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, when you're a teenager, I don't want you. To, I don't want you to call me and tell me to come see it. But when you're a baby, I'm excited for you because I understand the yeah. big deal that it is. And It's the same way with God. God's excited. He pours out His nature even greater in those moments because He's showing you who He is and the abilities that you truly have inside of you. And it begins to grow you and mature you. Maturity doesn't happen overnight. It's a process of repentance. And when He writes these seven churches and begins to say to repent, to change your mind, He's not necessarily mad at them. Although there's these things He does want to change. But he's going to encourage them in the nature of who they are. Here's a revelation of who I am, that will cause the repentance to change that comes, so that you can. Because I want you to see the identity
0: and the ability THAT you truly have. And you know, I was thinking while you were saying that as well that the even the, 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 the scripture you were quoting, Hebrews four, for the word of God is quick. That doesn't mean it's like fast. Mm-hmm. We, we that's that's an old English word. It means it is life giving. Yep. It is quick and powerful. Way you know, the way most people use the sword, it's mutilating uh-huh. and killing. But it's really, that's not the context. Once again, you know, the word, uh, the verse above that is he's talking about the word that flows from, from, rest. from rest. And then right in the context of rest, he said, for the word of God is life-giving and powerful, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing asunder between thought an INTENT, YOU KNOW, AND SO IT IS THE WORD THAT FLOWS FROM REST AND IT'S NOT MUTILATING AND IT'S NOT BEATING YOU UP, BUT IT IS LIFE-GIVING AND IT'S POWERFUL. Because, like you said, when you learn how to rightly divide the word of truth, it is really that's not learning Greek, Hebrew, and how to break down, uh, you know, uh, a text homiletically. It is a it is being able to discern what is truth in relationship to the old covenant and what is truth in relationship to the new. That's rightly dividing. And because one of them studies to show yourself approved, while the other one disapproved you, disqualified you, and the other one. Qualified you. And so that's what the new covenant's about. We're about to run out of time. Again, this has been a very powerful study. We're going to continue it. I really want you to encourage your friends to uh, uh, tune in to us. If you missed some of the programs, go back to our website. You can watch it in archives there on our website. And this is our third program where we've talked about the book of Revelation. AND I BELIEVE YOU'RE GOING TO BE BLESSED BY THIS SERIES AS WE CONTINUE THIS ONGOING DIALOGUE uh, WITH uh, THE BOOK OF REVELATION, WITH JEREMY COMING BACK. Uh, YOU KNOW, I, I, I TRUST YOU'VE BEEN WATCHING OUR PROGRAM, AND IF YOU HAVE, uh, YOU KNOW, CONSIDER, IF YOU LIKE WHAT YOU'RE HEARING, uh, YOU KNOW, I, I REALIZE WE MAY BE A LITTLE DIFFERENT than SOME OF THE OTHERS THAT ARE OUT THERE, BUT WE'RE, we're NOT TRYING TO BE THE SAME AS EVERYBODY ELSE. BUT IF YOU'RE ENJOYING WHAT WE'RE SAYING, CONSIDER PARTNERING WITH US TO BE ABLE TO LET THE REST OF THE WORLD BE ABLE TO ENJOY THE SAME GOSPEL THAT YOU'RE ENJOYING. IF YOU'LL DO THAT, THERE WILL BE A NUMBER ON THE SCREEN OR A PLACE THAT YOU CAN WRITE OR GO TO OUR WEBSITE AND DO THAT AND IT HELPS US TO KEEP THE GOSPEL OF GRACE, THE GOSPEL OF THE KINGDOM ON AROUND THE WORLD. GOD BLESS YOU AND THANK YOU FOR TUNING IN.
1: THIS SERIES IS ABOUT LIVING LIFE IN THE CONTEXT OF SONSHIP. JESUS IS RECOGNIZED AS A SON IN THE RIVER JORDAN BY HIS FATHER. Flowing from his identity as a son, Jesus comes up out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit with incredible demonstrations of the miraculous. He introduces to his followers the New Covenant idea that God is more than just an austere judge. He is our Father. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. Let us awaken to our true identity and set creation.